Hey everybody, how you doing today? This is your boy Christian Israel and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast. This is the place where we normally discuss the things of the stock market, the world, and digital assets. However, it is the Sabbath and you know what that means. It means I am recording the Sunday scriptures. Now today is Saturday that I record it, which is the Sabbath, but I release it Saturday night into Sunday and you know, it just sounds good to say Sunday scriptures, so that's why I call it Sunday scriptures. But honestly, I record it on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday, the day of rest that the Lord gave us. And today is something a little different. The Lord put on my heart when I opened my scriptures and said, what shall I talk about? What shall I discuss with you? It seemed like I needed to discuss maybe anger with you today. And, and does the Bible discuss anger? Does the Bible discuss uh, what happens when we feel uh, like we want revenge, right? And so what happened when I opened my scriptures, I end up turning to Psalm 109. And just to give you a little backstory, some people will call Psalm 109 the Judas Psalm because it could be interpreted as uh, maybe it was written about future, prophetic future, about what Judas was going to do how people would feel about Judas who betrayed Jesus, right? One of the 12. Now, Judas Judas was chosen by Jesus to get his mission done. Judas had to exist for Jesus to go on the cross. And so there are some things here that we can go back and forth. So I'm not going to break into some theology here, really. But this speaks more to me, to be honest with you. And I'm sure this might speak to you. So... Now, let me tell you why this speaks to me just a little bit. When Before I knew Christ, Christ has always known me, but before I knew Christ, I was a man of the world. And what do I mean by that? And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about uh, me. I was a man who loved the world. Now, not saying like the world as in the trees and nature. I mean the world as what all of the things it had to offer. It had to offer fame and money and women and drugs and lust and lies and deceit. All of these things. I was someone who even went around saying God did not exist. And I think that's so important for my testimony. And the reason I shared the Sunday scriptures with you is more to talk about what the world, what the word has spoken through me and to me and what Jesus has done to me. And I think it's so important because when I found myself alone in a room, feeling like I was going to lose everything that existed to me, I had to reach out and actually look up to the ceiling and say, God, do you even exist? Do you even exist? Because I don't believe in you. I don't believe in you at all. Not at all, because I've gone through the world telling people Jesus isn't real. Jesus is some fictitious historical creature that was put here to make people fall into place. Not that God gave us a set of laws to get us closer to him, but that the world gave us the Bible, and that the world gave us Jesus Christ, and that the world gave us this God to control us, because the enemy had me full. But when I found myself alone in a room, I was not only reaching out to God for hope 
and hoping that he would reveal himself to me. But I was also full of anger and hate to the people who had put me in a room alone. And not just at them, but also at myself, also at God and everyone around the world. I was so full of anger because I didn't know what to do. But I realized that my anger was full of fear. My anger was really fear. Fear of not knowing who I was. Fear of not knowing what the world had in store for me. Fear of not knowing if I was alone in this world. Fear of not knowing if God was true and God was real, then what does he look at me as? Because I know when you think of a God, right? If you think God, you think, oh man, if there is a God, that means there is actually truly a judge. And if there is a judge, how will he look at me? Will he find me guilty of his sins? He gave us the Ten Commandments. And so am I guilty of any of those? I am guilty. And that is a face of reality that no one wants to be like. So instead of trying to say, is God real? I decided to say, God isn't real so I can live the life the way I want to live my life. So when I found myself alone in this room, what's crazy is my first prayer, and I didn't even know it was a prayer, was say, God, if you are real, you need to prove it to me. The first thing you need to do is teach me how to pray. You need to teach me how to pray because I don't even know if you're real. And if I'm just talking to a concrete wall, if I'm talking to a ceiling, if I'm talking to myself, am I crazy? It's a last reach out for desperation, a last help for some knowledge of you, Lord. I need some proof. I need to see it with my own eyes. I need to feel it with my own spirit because I am an empty vessel right now. And if it is true what they say about you, you will fill me up. But the first thing I need you to do is teach me how to pray. After I said these things, I happened to have a New Testament Bible in front of me. Never opened it up on my own accord ever. Outside of trying to scrutinize it and say it's not real, but never really reading it. But when I opened up, I came to exactly what I came to was Matthew 6. <laughs> and the first thing I saw in there, it was titled, This is How You Pray. And I found it interesting because it goes on and Jesus speaks about how you should pray. But then he, he gives this specific prayer. He says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And now, why do I tell you that part? Because that last line, deliver us from evil. So what do we, what does he mean by that when he tells us to pray? And when I pray, what do I mean by that? And when do you pray, what do you mean by that? Because Jesus said, this is how you pray. So after I read that, I was like, all right, I don't believe in you yet, right? But you have my attention. I, I said a prayer, I asked something of Christ, and then he delivered it to me in his word and said this. So this brings me to what we're going to talk about today. Because in the moments of my life, I believed God was silent. I believed God was silent. And when God was silent, I seemed to be the most angry about the lack of his presence. And again, to touch on the anger aspect, I was angry about what everyone else was doing. And I knew in my heart I wanted revenge. I wanted revenge. And so the question is, does this show in the Bible? And so we're going to dive into Psalms 109 about that because sometimes people can call this a prayer for deliverance from the enemies. So when God is silent in a sense, I feel like that's when the, I feel like the world is attacking me and I want God to do something about it. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you today Psalm 109. And this is a prayer, I think, actually written by David. And this could have been when he was written in a cave, being chased by Saul, and a lot of things. But it shows that even someone who has God's heart, right? This is a man after my own heart. He still had revenge. But the question is, what does it really mean to be revenge? Revengeful. And I think it's hard because we know, right, that's God's creation. I know it's God's creation, and I'm not supposed to hate any man. But it doesn't mean we don't have these feelings. And so instead of giving you my feelings about it, I'm going to read David's, David's feelings to you and his psalm to you. And we're just going to go through this, okay? Um, first, uh, I will ask that we'll pray, and then we'll dive into it, okay? All right, here we go. Heavenly Father, first off, thank you for everything, Lord. Uh, I don't know what it is, but before I record this Sunday scriptures, Lord, I always get nervous. I get nervous, Lord, because I want to make sure that I am speaking your word, not my interpretation of your word, but what you tell me to interpret, Lord. So I ask that you please bring the Holy Spirit into this room, Lord, into this podcast, and bring him out of your word into my tongue that I may speak your truth, Lord, through my truth. Lord, we know that when you are silent, you are always working. That just because you are silent, Lord, doesn't mean you aren't present. So, Lord, I ask that the person here in my podcast today can get something out of this, Lord, that you want to speak to each individual who hears this today. Please, Lord, don't be silent today. Speak to us. Speak to us through your servant, David. Speak to us through your word, Lord Jesus Christ. Speak to us, Lord, through the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I love you. Lord, we praise you. This is where you dwell, in our temple and in your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So here we go. So the first, very first, very, very first verse in Psalm 109 is, and if you don't have a Bible, take it out. If not, that's okay. I'm going to read it line to line for you today. The first one is, my God, David is crying out immediately, my God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues, with words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause and return from my friendship. They accuse me, but I am a man of prayer. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is tired, let him be found guilty, and may his prayers condemn him. May his days be few, may another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all his all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off. 
their names blotted out from the next generation. May the equity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May his sin of his mother never be blotted out. May their sins always remain before the Lord, that they may blot out their name from the earth. For he never thought of doing a kindness, but hounded to death the poor and the needy and the brokenhearted. He loved to pronounce a curse. May it come back on him. He found no pleasure and blessing. May it be far from him. He wore cursing as his garment. It entered into his body like water, into his bones like oil. May it be like a cloak wrapped around him, like a belt tied forever around him. May this be the Lord's payment to my accusers, to those who speak evil of me. But you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me, for I am a poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I fade away like an evening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees give away from fasting. My body is thin and gaunt. I am an object of scorn to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your unfailing love. Let them know that, let them know that it is your hand that you, Lord, have done it. While they curse, may you bless. May they attack me, may those who attack me be put to shame. But those, but may your servant rejoice. May your accusers be clothed with disgrace and wrapped in shame as a cloak. With my, with my mouth, I will greatly exalt the Lord. It is the great throng of worshipers, I will praise him. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save their lives from those who condemn them. Now, when you read that, that's intense. That is intense. I mean, I don't go that to me. That's like, oh, David, like you're literally saying, may his, their children be fatherless. <laughs> may a creditor seize all he has like that's intense verse 2 it strictly says that David is facing lies of accusers and immediately I go to what people would say about me and lie on me and I know anyone and everyone who's listened to this has felt like someone has lied about them he says they accuse me and lie on me but Lord, I praise you, right? Verse two says, for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. But in the end, he says, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. I will praise him among the multitude. So while people may do this lying that is going wrong right now, maybe lying about you. I know people accept some horrendous things about me but I knew were not true and it's one of the reasons I reached out to God 
I literally said, God, there's all these lies. I need you to protect me, but I don't even know if you're real because you're silent. So David says, my God, my Lord, do not remain silent. When people speak lies about me, Lord, I need you to speak on my behalf. I need you to speak on my behalf. So I will praise you, Lord, with my mouth. I will not speak about them. But Lord, I need to be honest with you. I need you to have revenge on them. I need, may I curse them in your name, Lord. This is between you and I. I don't go on social media and curse them, Lord. Between you and I, I need you to know my heart. I need to be honest with you, Lord. Lord, I need you to just smite them. I need you, Lord, to wipe them off the face of the earth. But Lord, that is not what I really want, right? That's not what I really want. I need you to save me for your namesake. I need you to help me for your namesake. As the world right now tries to condemn me, as the Lord right as the world right now tries to lock me away, put away the key, as the world right now tries to kill me, murder me, as the enemy attacks me, Lord, I need you to do something for me. For your namesake, I need you to do something that no human can do. I need you to do something that only you can do. So when people look back on me and say, man, God did that. So for your namesake, Lord, save me. For your namesake, Lord, deliver me out of your goodness, out of your love. Deliver me. The people who were talking against me never have done any kindness. What they want people to perceive as kindness is really for their own goodness. They want to put on a front, Lord. They want to put on a front. And you, Lord, see their heart so you know this front is not true. You know their heart. But man, I really just want, I, I want you to crush them. I want you to crush them, Lord. Like, when you try them, when they have to face you, I want you to find them guilty. Like, I want you to destroy all of them. That's really what David is saying here. But in the end, he's saying, but for you, Lord, in this moment, please do not remain silent. I look around, I see all this chaos, Lord. Do not remain silent. Now is the time for you to show your strength, show your love. This is the time. For I am poor and needy and my heart is wounded. I am torn inside. My heart feels ripped apart. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, Lord. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overfloweth. So, Lord, in this time that the enemy is right there, you knew I would be here right now. And now is the time that you will pour your Holy Spirit out on me so that I may make it, Lord. So verse 26 says, help me, Lord, my God, save me according to your unfailing love. So, Lord, as they try to convict me, Lord, as they, Lord, try to hurt me and kill me and destroy me and lie on me, Lord, Verse 27 says, let them know that this is your hand, that you, Lord, have done it, that you, Lord, have freed me. So when they look back and say, yeah, we did this and we did that, but we don't know what happened. Lord, I mean, people, the world, like we had him in our grips. We had him locked away. But for some reason, he is free. 
Who did that? Who freed that man? And I can say, God freed me. God, with his unfailing love, showed the world his hand. While they were too busy cursing me, Lord, you were blessing me. You were blessing me. And Lord, by your blessings, may they see their shame. May they be forced to face you, God. May they be forced to face and look at you so when people see me, they see you. Lord, I pray that people see you through my walk, through my story, through my testimony. I want people to see you where they say, man, the world wanted him. The world thought they had him. In fact, the world did have him. He was conformed to the world and the consequences played out. But when consequences played out, he called out and cried out to God and asked him not to be silent in this moment. And God stepped in. Although he wanted revenge against everyone else, God stepped in and changed his heart. Despite people finding no pleasure in God's blessing and the creation around him, God found blessing and blessing. God found pleasure in blessing me. Now my mouth exalts the Lord. My mouth cries out to the Lord. There is no way for me to ever speak to you without speaking about Christ first. Because as I prayed that he would not remain silent, I sat back and go, man, he's never been silent. The question is, was I ever listening? When you think God is silent, I ask you, is he or are you just not listening? Are you just not listening? Because when I get among worshipers, people who praise God, people who love God, do we we feel his presence. Where two or more are gathered in Jesus Christ's name, he is with us. He is with us in that moment. So why, why do we think he is silent when everything is around us? The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? We ask for mercy, but are we open for it? We ask for grace, but are we open for it? David was a shepherd. I'm sure you all have heard the story of David and Goliath, right? Goliath being tall and David sees the strong Philistine attempting to scare the nation of Israel, the children of God. And the the thing that always stuck out to me in that was not that he hit him with stone and took him out and then chopped his head off with his own sword or that no one was afraid to, that everyone seemed afraid to go against this Philistine Philistine, or that when David put on the, the, the armor the king tried to give him, King Saul tried to give him, right? He said, this is not what I'm used to. This armor is too heavy. This is not what I fight the bears and the lions with to protect my sheep. That's not what it is that sticks out to me. It's what he says. He goes, 
Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who threatens the army of the Lord, the children of God? Who is this man? How dare you think that you who follow your false idols, the follow the people of the world, that you stand a chance against this man of God, this children of God, this country of God, the city of God. Who are you? How dare you? I will strike you down in the name of the Almighty. <clears throat> For my God is not silent. Today, you and everyone who follows you will be put to shame because I will show you the power of God. David was listening then. David knew God was not silent then. So what happened between then and Psalm 109 when David finds himself in a cave? In the very first verse of this psalm, the very first surface, my God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. That's why I title this today, My God, Do Not Remain Silent. Because this is a strong man. But now he finds himself with the world coming after him. Scared, honestly. But he knows that he's been in moments before, so why if he faces this Philistine when no one wanted to do anything to them and fight for them, they were willing to, to, to bow down. I think they stood there. Now, I'm not sure about this at the top of my head, but for, I think, 100 days or something like that, a standoff before David showed up. And David didn't even come there for that. He came there to serve and give them food, right? Like, I'll do it. But then he saw this. He said, really, guys? Like, this is what you're afraid of? This is the army of the Lord. So, my God, who I praise. So, in this moment, he doesn't want God to remain silent. And I know what that feels like. I call it the wilderness. In the wilderness, we think God is silent. So I have a book coming out called Learning to Love in the Wilderness. Where I learn about God's spoken word and about Jesus' love in my wilderness. Here, David is fully in his wilderness and he's reaching out to God says, Do not remain silent. He's surrounded with words of hatred. But he's like, I did nothing to get this. So when you feel attacked that you did nothing to get this, then you're really reaching out to the Lord. But let me ask you this. None of us are without sin. So when we feel that what we've done, maybe not what we're accused of doing, but other things we have done when our sin looks us in the face, does God still come to us in those times? Does God still come to us in those needs? He does. And I think he, here's why I say that. I say this because when we are down at our lowest point, why is it that that is when we're actually willing to listen to God? When we are stuck in a dark cave surrounded by spiders, <laughs> surrounded by animals, dirty, down, deep, deep in our shame, deep in our sin, deep in our loneliness, deep in our addictions, deep in the darkness. Why is this when we are asking God not to remain silent? 
Why is this when we are wanting God to speak to us? Why don't we ask God to speak to us at our highest points? Why don't we ask God to speak to us when everything is going right? Why do we wait till there is complete silence of us around us to ask God to not remain silent? How often do you ask God to speak to you? How often do you ask God to give you wisdom? How often do you ask God to do something so that he do something for you so that he may be glorified? Not just do something for you, but that he may be glorified in what he does for you. I'm just a guy sitting in a room speaking to you. But at one point in time, I was a guy in the world speaking to the world loudly about the absence of God. But he was never absent. He was never silent. In fact, he was speaking so loud that I had to block him out on purpose, that I became numb to his words. So let me tell you a story about this. So I was going on a date with a young lady back in like 2014. I was getting ready to go on a date and her apartment was in the city and it was right next to a church. And I remember sitting on that church step while I was waiting for her to come out. And people were leaving the church, I think uh, either just had mass or something was just done. And I remember, and this is so funny, because I was not a believer. But I had a moment where I looked at the church and saw people coming out, families and all this. And I heard God speak to me. I heard it clear as day. He said, when are you going to come back to me? You know what I said out loud at that point? I looked at the church and then I looked up at the sky and said, you're not even real. How are you speaking to me? I am never walking in a church. Never walking in one again. Why? I don't need you. I don't need you. I'm doing just fine on my own. But I remember having the weirdest feeling. How can I speak to a God that I don't believe exists? And how can I come back to him if I never was with him? And that moment haunted me for a while. So two years later, When I found myself on my knees, all alone, saying a prayer to him, asking him if he is real to prove himself to me, hoping to hear him, hoping to have my ears unplugged, hoping to have my eyes unblinded. He reminded me in that moment when I opened up that Bible and he showed me that prayer that I had already known that prayer, that he was always with me, but I was just not listening. In fact, I was refusing to listen. So when I said, my God, who I praise in this moment, do not be silent to me. Do this for me. Help me so I may praise you. He had always been speaking to me. He had always been there for me. But it was me that blocked him out. It was me did not want to listen. It was me who was conformed to the world. It was my fault. 
So as people say this is a psalm of Judas, a psalm about Judas, or that David wrote it about him, which both could be true, this is more about a psalm about my heart wanting revenge against the world and against God. I have to say these things bad about God because I have to say in order for me to go about my life in this world, I have to believe that he doesn't exist. I have to believe that he doesn't exist. But then I, 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 I ask, when people say, I don't believe in God, but then they say, my prayers are with you. Who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? If we argue back and forth about whose God is better, if there is a right God, does that mean there is a wrong God? And let me ask you this. If God gave us, if God is holy upon all holies and he is the ultimate creator, is there things that he might not like about us? And when we understand and feel that God is not going to like us, not that he's not going to like us, that's what I meant, that he's not going to like the activity that we are doing, does that mean we are convicted? Does that mean when we stand upon him that we know something is not right, so we block him out? So we want him to remain silent in those times. We don't want to hear from him. So when we hear prayer like, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, but more importantly, forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What does that even mean? May your will be done in earth where you live. I'm sorry, in heaven where you live, here down on earth. What is his will? Is his will to remain silent to us? Is his will for us to go off and just do all these earthly things? Is that his will? Oh man, how many people have told a lie? or have done something that you know that your parents aren't happy with. And then they say, so tell me about your day. And then you don't want to say the things you know they're not going to be happy with. We've all had those moments where we want to please our parents because we know that they're right there. We don't want them to think ill of us. So what about when we stand in front of God? Do we want him to remain silent right there? Saying, hey, Lord, just don't look at what I'm doing here. We say, Lord, come into my life, but don't come into my bedroom. Lord, come into my life, but don't come into this situation where I want to go get drunk and get high right now. Lord, come into my life, but not right here when I'm trying to make money. I need to make money the way I want to make money. Lord, come into my life right now, but don't come into my relationships. Lord, come into my life, but not right here where I'm in my car cussing and singing and yelling at the person next to me who cut me off in traffic. Lord, come into my life, but don't come here. Lord, come into my life, but don't come here. Lord, come into my life, but don't come here. So 
Why do we want our Lord to come into my life but remain silent in certain parts of our life? Does that really mean we want him to come into my life? So I imagine here when when David says, My God, whom I praise, do not remain silent. Why would David think he's silent here if he hasn't kicked God out in certain parts of his life already? I know I want God to be present at all moments, even in my sin. Because I know when I sin, because God speaks and said, Son, does this make me happy? That is my conscience now speaking. God put the law of his, put on our hearts his law. We know he exists because we feel it. When we feel guilty, that is God speaking to us. When you say, do you have a conscience? That is, hey, do you know God? Is he silent to you right now? If God is speaking in all parts of your life, you will never have to say, my God, who am I praise, do not remain silent. You won't. You won't have to say, my God, my sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. You won't have to say, help me, Lord, my God, save me according to your unfalling love. Let me know that it is your hand that you, Lord, have done it. You won't have to say that. You know why? Because in your heart, the way you move, you will already know he is there. Now, we will have hard times. It will, it will, the enemy will attack us, but we will know. But you won't have to say it. You'll want to say it. You'll want to say it because you believe that when you speak it out loud to the Lord, you let him know what is going on. It's building the relationship with him. God knows your heart. The scripture says sometimes we don't know how, what to pray, so the spirit intercedes for us and prays for us. But we pray out loud to the Lord to let him know to build that relationship with him. You can't build a relationship without a conversation. The only way to keep the conversation is to keep speaking to him. So when you have that conversation, the Lord will not remain silent. My God, who I praise, do not remain silent. So I ask you in this moment, right now, does God seem silent to you? Do you know God? Do you know the Lord? Have you ever asked him? Have you ever talked to him? Have you ever said, do you exist? Now, the scripture does say, do not test the Lord. Right? Do not test the Lord. But if you don't know the Lord and you're ignoring him, I got to ask you this. Are you testing him in that moment? <laughs> when I told God, a God I didn't believe in out loud, but my body yearned for him, that I am never stepping into your church, that I will never, ever do anything for you. Who was I talking to? When no one could see me, who was I talking to? And so I ask, who are you talking to? And so in this moment, I pray for you. I pray that Heavenly Father, that you come to us, that Lord, you get to know us mm, 
that you get to know us, that we open up to you so you can know us. Now you already know us, you already knew us before we were created, but we want to get to know you. Lord, don't be silent to the person who has turned their back on you. Lord, don't be silent to the person who calls out to you right now. Lord, in this moment and in this time, right now, right now, for the person who does not know you, I pray, Lord, that you come into their heart. Lord, that they take time to get to know you. Lord, that they take time to ask you to come into their heart. Lord, that they know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, down here showing that you are not silent. When you sent your son down here, Lord, to take on our sin and our sacrifice, Lord, so we may get to know you, that that was you showing that you are not silent, that in our shame, in our sins, that you are here, Lord, that Jesus' sacrifice on that cross is you speaking loudly. Lord, you are not silent, nor are you ever silent, if we choose to listen. And Jesus Christ is the person that you sent here to show us you exist. So Lord, come into our life. Come into our heart. Make us a new creation. Make us, Lord, a new foundation in you, in Christ Jesus. I pray, Lord, that they get to know you that they take the time to love you and accept your love and accept your sacrifices. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who believe in you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and will not be put to shame and will be exalted in your kingdom and have everlasting life. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I pray to you. And these things I pray your son's name, Jesus Christ, they accept you. They accept you. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate all that you do. Oh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. If this is your first time in the channel, Please like, please subscribe, please share this. Tell me your story. Write in the comments if you got anything out of this. If you're just listening to this on like Apple or Spotify, rate rate the channel for me, please. It's the way to grow. It's the way to get this out to other people. I ask the Holy Spirit to move in this podcast, but it, we also need your help to like and share. So please do that. Hit the notification so every Sunday or every Saturday you can get the Sunday scriptures. I appreciate your help with helping me grow this channel. And I really hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I can't wait to see you next week. I thank you. I love you. And this is your boy Christian Israel. And you are tuned to New Creation Capital Podcast. This is the Sunday scriptures. This is a place where I give you the good news. The news of Jesus Christ and the gospel. This is a new you, a new future, and a new creation. Until next time, guys, peace and love. I hope you guys enjoy the, the music that we have next for you. God bless you all. Later, everybody. Creation knows the voice. 
that spoke into the void, the breath that brought the dust to light, and sang the stars to fall, the darkness fears your voice. That drove it back before And though the night is long I know your light Will drive it back once more One word from you Things change on your
is the place where you promised to be. Oh, come on, sing it, church. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Yeah, because all I want, yeah, is all. 